Good day, good folks. You are listening to Talk That Keeps You Woke. And with your awakening, we hope that you will take in the information and knowledge we provide. So make sure you like and subscribe while you hop on this ride as we inform, persuade, entertain, and engage in discussion. Welcome to Potlicker Podcast, which is knowledge to feed your soul. I may go one half of Potlicker. I go by Dr. A, the inquisitive one. A great debater, Mr. Slow Talker, a rhetorician, and an all-around nice guy, and a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. The other half of Potlicker is my homie, my dear friend for more than 30 years, Ken Parker Jackson Esquire, the legal one, Mrs. Creativity, never obnoxious, the gifted one, a terrific lady, and a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. What's up? What's going on? How you doing today, partner? Hey, hey, hey. I'm doing very well. How are you, Dr. A? Everything's copacetic, as we used to say back in the day. Um, feeling good and hoping to have a productive week. Um, did you watch the games yesterday? I did. Um, I did. I'm, I'm happy for the Eagles and I'm happy for the Chiefs. Uh, first time we're going to have two black quarterbacks in the NFL. So. There's some history right there. The 49ers got blown out. That was crazy. Uh, yeah, two of their quarterbacks got knocked out of the game. So um, pretty much was a wrap from there. Uh, but before we jump in and get started, our email is potlickershow at gmail.com. Potlickershow, one word, at gmail.com we encourage you to email us your comments let us know what you think about our new podcast um because we want to improve and we would like to get better so we always start our show off with our wow of the week which stands for words of wisdom and we uh we're gonna go to mother moses harriet tubman who says i can't die but once um, basically that's an attitude of, uh, like guts and glory to me. Um, she had the willpower to succeed, um, by any means necessary, I guess. Um, she basically said that, you know, I'm going to get my liberty, you know, I'm going to, uh, get my freedom and, the threats of death she's like okay they can only kill me once any thoughts i agree and um it just reminds me of uh basically when when athletes say they left it all on the field or they left it all on the court they gave it their all and so to me she's saying you know do everything you can everything you want and need to do while you're alive because death is only going to come once so okay so before we get started into what's going on we're going to have our first plug of the day uh, by KPJ. Let's see what she has uh, for us today. So, Dr. A, today I am sharing with our audience what I like in terms of a fragrance. And this is one of my 
favorite fragrances. It's called Dune by Christian Dior. And it's described as an oceanic fragrance. It reminds you of being at the beach or um, at the ocean. Um, and it has um, hints of lily, peony, lichen, and amber. Those are the the sort of the, the notes that it has. And I really enjoy this perfume. I This was given to me by my husband. It's uh, 3.4 ounces. This is the box that it comes in. And I'll show you what the bottle looks like. Very nice, simple. And this is just a, a, an everyday fragrance that you can wear. And I, I really enjoy it. Okay. What's the cost? Honestly, it was a gift, I, I, but I think it's around like $130, $140. Okay. All right. So that is our first plug, Dune. And, and let us move on. So we're going to get to what's going on this Unfortunately, uh, we're going to start off with a tragic situation that happened again. Um, yeah, again, uh, very disheartening. Another tragedy uh, had taken place. 29-year-old Tyree Nichols, a father, a FedEx worker, and a skateboarder, loses his life at the hands of five Memphis police officers. And... There they are. Uh, for those of you watching on video, um, I think we have cop Demetrius Haley, who was 30 years old, Desmond Mills Jr., who's 32, Emmett Martin III, who was 30, Justin Smith, who was 28, and Tadarius Bean, who is 24. The video is very disturbing, so we didn't want to um, show that again. Um, there are plenty of places on uh, the internet. If you want to look at the video, um, you can have a look. But my my thoughts on this is just taking things too far and taking the law like into your own hands. Um, seeing the video, these five and their relatively young men could have pinned the uh, guy down on the ground and, and, yeah, handcuffed him and handcuffed him and put him into a car and that would have been that um but the chase you know he uh tyree ran uh he got away from their hole he ran they tracked him down seven minutes later and then if you see the video from the polls that's where the dis a lot of the disturbing stuff uh was seen yeah. uh, one of the gentlemen i couldn't make out who it was um you know hit him in the face like three times while a cop was holding him and he seemed to be handcuffed so my question here is why the punches in the face you're you're just supposed to accost or apprehend and bring him down this was a traffic stop and this young man winds up losing his life yeah 
very, very unfortunate. And for me, it just underscores the need for Congress to pass the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. Um, I, we don't need any more evidence that this is a, you know, this is a racist policing system that is unsustainable. We cannot continue on like this without making changes. Um, and it's just an example for, for me, the fact that the police officers in this case uh, were black is of no moment to me because it reminds me of the Malcolm X quote that we used before that truth, you know, I'm for truth, no matter who tells it. And I'm for justice, no matter who is for or against. And so in this case, I mean, I hope that, you know, and, and I'm glad to see that these officers were immediately fired. We immediately learned who they were and they're going to be charged with second degree murder. And that's the way it should happen everywhere across the country. But take a look at that though, in itself within yeah. the police system, what you just said, mm -hmm. they were immediately fired mm -hmm. and who they were was immediately posted. And that's not the case in every situation. Right. So those five black faces can have something to do with that. Exactly. I, I don't have sympathy for these guys, um, these police officers, because I want to think in my mind, these brothers knew what they were doing was above the law but i think it's even a worse moment because you're beating on a guy that looks like you and i'm not saying that you shouldn't do that if it calls for it but what i am saying is you know as african-american men because i'm sure out of uniform if the cops stop you and they don't know who you are you would get you could get the same treatment. Mm -hmm. um, so why the constant beating and kicking on this guy when he was apprehended? Well, can I answer the question? I know it's rhetorical, but I think it's because they know that it will be, it's acceptable and it's tolerated. Now, they, if, the, if the victim in this case, Mr. Nichols had been white, then maybe they would have thought twice. You see what I'm saying? But they know that this behavior will be tolerated in this racist system. And they, but the, what they did not realize is they thought they could get away with it, but <laughs> they, they messed around and found out. Yeah. I understand uh, what you're saying there, but I just think at the moment in time, some people lose it and i think they feel because they're in an authoritative position they can act the way they acted um they didn't think that their brutality was going to cause his death i would like to say so but you took it too far you know you were angry you were mad and you were upset but you're a peace officer right so you, you're supposed to bring the peace. <laughs> you're supposed to, when you apprehend them, no matter what happens, you take it on the chin, you put them in the car, and then you let the law deal with them. These guys had they, their own punishment, and I think that's where, you know, my sympathy goes out the window, or my empathy. I tried to walk a mile in their shoes, 
Um, I saw at the beginning when they were trying to tell him to just, you know, um, kind of like comply. And we'll get into that in a second. Um, but even if the gentleman resisted, you can just use force that doesn't have to lead to his death. Right. I mean, he was 150 pounds and you have five officers. <laughs> you could have <laughs> I mean, in in my opinion, you could have just let him go. I mean, what did he do? He, I mean, it was let him run to his mom's house for all for for all I care. I mean, you would know where he lives. You know what I mean? Um, and so it just was. Un, it was just totally unnecessary for what a police stop for what was it? Uh, reckless driving or or what have you. So the point is, is you know they're supposed to be making the community safer. Um, and I understand they were a part of this uh, Scorpion group. This stands for Street Crime Operation to yeah, restore. They just, they just dismantled that group. Yeah. Restore order in our neighborhoods or something like that. So and they're supposed to be making the neighborhood safer. But people have to be concerned about you know, being, being abused and have, having excessive force used against them. So this is just another unfortunate, unfortunate occurrence. Well, let me ask you this question. To, do you think, is there anything we can learn out of this or teach? Well, this? I think the first thing we, we learn here is that I, I think that police officers should not have qualified immunity because there's no other profession where you can use this kind of language against, uh, you know, citizens. These are supposed to be public servants. There's no other profession. If you went to a restaurant and the waiter or waitress spoke to you in this manner, you would never go back there. I mean, it, it's just not tolerated. So I don't understand why you're a public servant. You're serving the public why you have to use that kind of language. I think that's abusive. And then why you have to exert this excessive force unnecessarily. It's just, and, and many times they get away with it. So I believe that qualified immunity, uh, they should not have qualified immunity. And I also believe that they should have to carry uh, insurance so that the public, when they're convicted, which um, for, I'm sure they will be convicted, when they're convicted, the public ends up having to pay, you know what I mean? They will be, they will go to jail, but if there's a civil suit, the public ends up having to pay, you know, those damages. And so I think that burden should be taken off of the public and put onto the police officers. They should carry insurance just like a doctor would carry malpractice insurance or a lawyer would carry malpractice insurance. And then when they start having, when these insurance companies start having to pay out these uh, settlements, then they will think twice because they would, the insurance company will either raise their premium or they won't insure them. And then they won't be able to be police officers. Well, I, I think that's kind of dangerous. So I don't. Why is that dangerous? Because then police will stop policing. There, there's nothing absolute. That's one thing I would say when it comes to police. And sometimes excessive force might be needed because you could be dealing with someone that's deranged and shooting and, you know, at you. No. Well, hold on. I'm not finished. Right. 
that could be shooting at you or have something uh, like a machete. And I've seen that happen and they're swinging it against you. And so that may not be deemed excessive force if you are uh, justified. And also the language, if you're in a brawl and you're banging it out with somebody in a pool hall, in an alley, in the street, and you and you get angry and you start using profanity while you beating this guy because he's trying to beat you i'm i'm not going to hold you accountable for that because it's hard to control your emotions when you're in a street fight which they are in but i do agree with you with the excessive force um as far as the insurance i think that will make police officers hesitant to apprehend people because it won't be just incidents like this it will be smaller incidents that happens when people get injured or if they they broke their arm or something like that and these guys the police officers are going to take a step back um from policing the way they do now i understand what you're saying but i think i don't think it's just that cut and dry, like let them get insurance so we don't have to work. They have a job to do, which is a dangerous job. Um, having friends with police officers, they know like a traffic stop can end their lives. And some cops have lost their lives for a traffic stop. So I well, get the pressure that they're under. Um, so yeah, I think that just has to be thought out more. Oh, no, I, I get the pressure that they're under, too. I didn't say that it was at the end all and be all and it was a panacea and it was going to solve all the problems. The point and that that can't be your response. The, your response can't be this is not going to solve every situation. That can't be your response. You have to if 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 things aren't going the way they should go. You can't continue to do the same thing and expect different results. You have to put some, uh, you have to put some measures in place so that it will at least stem the tide of these occurrences. So you can't just say, "Oh, that's not going to," you know. It, it may help one or two. It may help help several situations, but that's better than none. Do you see what I'm saying? So I'm for solutions. Let's try it. You can't just say, oh, that's not going to work. Well, let's do it and see. Pass the pass the legislation and let's see if you if it if it works. This is not working. The current the current the status quo is is not sustainable. Would you agree with that? I, I do think we need okay. reform. Yeah. I just think yeah. everything needs to be this discussed. Um I agree. And let us move on. Okay, as we move away from this tragedy, uh, there seems to be some fraudulent nurses. Uh, this is going on. So what say you? Yeah, I th this is called Operation Nightingale after the famous nurse Florence Nightingale. Um and it's hap uh, it's happening across several states, Florida, New York, New Jersey, Texas, and Delaware, where uh, nursing, uh, uh, what do you call them? 
nursing accredited nursing programs are, are were basically selling credentials, selling diplomas and transcripts to uh, prospective nurses, and they they were able to bypass all of their clinical um, training and go straight to working as registered nurses or, you know, go straight to taking their nursing exam. Um, and I mean, it's just, it's, just, and it, the, the extent of it was, was mind boggling. The fact that 7,600 bogus degrees were, were sold for $15,000 a pop. Um, and this was, this was a scheme over a hundred million dollars that 25 people are, you know, 25, 25 people, uh, propagated basically and they could possibly get 20 years i think is the the maximum and i think they should because this is just egregious and you wonder why we have you know lots of medical mistakes this is why because you have people who don't have the proper training so Mm -hmm. i would hate to be one a patient of one of these one of these people with the fake credentials yeah um they there should be punishment, but I don't know about twenty years. I don't, you know, and I, I'm not going to get into that part of it. But it's this is the world we live in, where folks want the paycheck, but they don't want to put in the work. Mm-hmm. They want to take the shortcuts. Yeah, yeah they want to take shortcuts, mm-hmm. and we try to take shortcuts in our lives, but it and it's okay, but it shouldn't be to the detriment of other people. Thank you. Uh, so that is, I, I have a problem with. If you want to be a nurse and you want to help people, people are confiding in you, and uh, you're going into the hospital without, you know, the requisite experience that you need because uh, you pay fifteen thousand um, dollars. I think that that that's a big issue for me. Um, so I think they should definitely be reprimanded and punished harshly or severely, but I I don't know how much prison time uh, they should get. I'm okay with 20 years because this kind of behavior should be, um, you know, you want to deter it. You want to deter people from thinking that they can do the same thing. And if you think that you, you might end up going to jail for 20 years, you would definitely think twice. They're being charged with wire fraud and uh, conspiracy to commit wire fraud. So Mm -hmm. that's what, that's exactly what they get. All righty then. And let us move on. Well, from fraudulent nurses, we shift to the NFL where we see another black qualified coach get snubbed by the Carolina Panthers. And that is Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes, for for you, for those that don't know, Steve Wilkes was the uh, interim coach for the Carolina Panthers after the Panthers started off with a one and four record, and they fired their coach Matt Rule. Uh, Wilkes took over and uh, put them in playoff contention uh, with a record of six and six. Frank Wright, who got fired at the end of the year by the Colts. Uh, his last two seasons have not been great. Uh, he has had good seasons. Um, he was the offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles when Nick Foles came in, and 
he helped that offense uh, win a Super Bowl under the coach Buzz uh, Peterson, who is now the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, but Frank Reich just had two bad seasons with the Colts, and now he's being picked up by the Panthers. Uh, a little history, Frank Reich was the first quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. Um, but, yeah, Steve Wilkes, again, out in Arizona one year, fired because they wanted to bring in Cliff uh, Kingsbury, who didn't have a good record at Texas Tech, um, and they hired him. Uh, and a lot of people are going to say it's because the system that uh, Kingsbury uh, ran with Kyla Murray. And so, but, you know, he just got fired. And now Wilkes, one year as interim coach, he gets fired again. So his attorneys, they have something to say about this. What did they say? They said the NFL has a race problem. I agree. And, and uh, that is a situation that they are trying to rectify. I would have to agree with that. I mean, especially when it comes to coaching, it just doesn't seem like a meritocracy when it comes to coaching. And a lot of times when it comes to quarterbacks, because, you know, the this whole NFL thing is not necessarily my uh, area of expertise, but just on the outside looking in, um, the Rooney rule is a joke. I just feel like at the end of the day, the, the owners of the teams are going to hire who they want to hire. And a lot of times they, it, regardless of whether or not a black coach is a winning coach, if they, they, they're going to hire who they want. And, and a lot of times it just perpetuates white supremacy because they believe that they want, you know, a white guy to be the face of their franchise and it's 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 a battle of brains versus brawn to me so you can you know 75 percent of players black you can be on the field cracking your skull shaking scrambling your brains with the brawn but when it comes to the cerebral positions like they you know quarterback you have to be intelligent a coach you have to be smart when it comes to brains they want to have a want to have a white guy and i mean well, the tide has shifted a little bit. That's how I feel. The, the tide has shifted a little bit with the quarterbacks. So, a little bit. A yeah, little bit. But for the one, most part. One third, no, there's one-third African-American quarterbacks in the league as far as starting, and there's a lot of backup black quarterbacks too. So that's shifted a, a, a little bit. Um, um, I'm, I'm okay with the amount of black quarterbacks. Like, I don't have a problem – with a coach because again there are black quarterbacks coming out this year out of college and they're in the top three to get drafted so it's about talent at that position uh uh it wasn't like that before it wasn't like that before but it's like that now it's about talent because the game has gotten a lot of faster and mobile quarterbacks are in and it seems like most african-american quarterbacks have mobility Okay, so Are, how is it that why is it that uh, white coaches can have more than one losing season? But we, we you shifting because I just was. No, finished. Just, Hold on, no, 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 no. I 
I just was talking about quarterbacks. I'm about. But to you get, started with coaching. I'm. You didn't allow me to get. Coaching. You didn't allow me to okay, get no. coaching. Okay. No. So as far as the coaches are concerned, that is a great problem. Part of my dissertation was on the Rooney Rule and how I felt like black coaches in the NFL were emasculated. Um, a lot of black coaches don't want to speak out because they feel like their job will be in jeopardy, i.e. Uh, Brian Flores from the Miami uh, Dolphins. And mm -hmm. what Wilkes is doing now, trying to address the NFL, he might get white balls. But I understand the courageousness of sticking up mm -hmm. because that. If you're going to ask me, is the owners are comfortable with people who are like them? Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Now, I want to say this. So far, maybe Jeff Saturday, who is the interim coach of the Indianapolis Colts, maybe he shouldn't have gotten that job, even though he's a likable guy because he didn't have the requisite experience. But Frank Wright has the requisite experience. And I'm not saying he shouldn't be the coach of the Panthers. My argument is like, you're not giving African-Americans a chance. Right. The owners are the ones who implement the Rooney rule. The right. rule itself is not a joke, right? The rule itself, the written rule, what it does for executives, it has allowed more black folks and more women to get interviews with these teams before they weren't getting interviews. Now, a lot of black coaches will say they're sham interviews, but there are some black right. coaches that have come in and have changed the minds of some of these white owners. But the bottom line is what you initially said to me is ownership, not feeling comfortable with African-Americans at the helm. The Panthers, uh, I think his name is David Temper, said that he wanted an offensive coordinator because he wants the offense to be better. Wilkes is a defensive coordinator. But he did a very good job. My whole thing is just like, you don't need an offensive coordinator to be the head coach. <laughs> you can have an off the, uh, just a good offense coordinator to run the offense. Exactly. Right. He, he doesn't have to be the head head coach of the team. Exactly. So, so it, yeah, it, it, it's always it, something. It's always something. They, some they keep stuff. changing the rule themselves, the owners. The owners are saying, the owners are actually saying there are not enough uh, black coaches in the league, and they're changing the rule, but they're not applying the rule. Exactly. And yeah. that's, what I, that's what I mean when I say it's a joke because you can have all the rules you want. First of all, it's a rule. It's not a law. So you can have all the rules and laws you want, but if you're not applying them and enforcing them, then it's useless. I don't and, think and black coaches or people, people in that position want it to be a law. I think a lot of black folks don't like affirmative action because they feel like, yo, I'm better than you. I don't need affirmative action. You're just you reckoning. You, you're, just, you're, you're just not recognizing it. So if it's a law... Then everybody's like, well, he got that job because it's a law. Now, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you do a great job because they're going to say, well, the law didn't have anything to do with you doing a good job. But to me, folks just have to get 
white supremacy out of their head and believe that a black coach can take you to the promised land. Uh, what we do need is more black coaches winning Super Bowls. Yes, but you got to give them a chance. You can't hire somebody into a losing program and then expect them to turn it around overnight. I mean, that's just not fair, you know? So you got to, if you're going to, you know, hire a good black coach to a losing program, you're going to have to give them time to turn it around just like you do the white coaches. And at the end of the day, it's white supremacy is stronger than the bottom line, you know, and making money because all of these, all of these owners are winning. Don't sleep just because they may be the worst team in the NFL. They're still billionaires and they're still making money. So. Yeah. Uh, most of them have won before uh, they even acquired the team. Exactly. Let us move on. Okay, from the NFL, we move to college football, and we're going to talk about Marcus Stokes. This is an interesting story that is still turning. Oh, there's more? <laughs> well, for, your, for those who don't know, uh, Mr. Stokes, who is a... Uh, an exceptional, he was an exceptional high school quarterback. He got a scholarship to Florida. I think he's a four-star recruit. And he videoed himself or uh, rapping to a song and using the word nigger uh, vehemently, uh, but not hatred. Like, he just went to the tone of the song. Those were and the what had happened is University of Florida saw that and they took away his scholarship. Uh, you can see right here, he apologized. I, I was in my car listening to rap music, rapping along uh, the words and posted a video of it on social media. I deeply apologize for the words in the song that I chose to say. It was hurtful and offensive to many people and I regret that. And he got let go by Florida, but then got picked up by Albany State. Albany State is a historically black college and university in Albany, Georgia. But then <laughs> <laughs> his scholarship got revoked from Albany, Georgia. The coach had to apologize. Because he didn't know about this. Right. So we heard that he got picked up by Alabama A&M, but we don't know how true that is. And so this is an ongoing situation for Marcus Stokes. My question to you, did the University of Florida treat this correctly? This situation is basically a dilemma for me because I'm not mad at anybody in the situation. I'm not mad at the University of Florida for revoking the scholarship offer. Because it is, you know, I, I don't think anybody should use the N-word, but I'm torn because I understand that he was not using it maliciously. It was, happens to be the lyrics in the song. Um, but I would just ask him, Mr. Stokes, where have you been? I mean, you've seen countless people get canceled for, you, for, for using these words. Like, why did you, why would you do that? You know what I mean? So I'm not mad at the University of Florida. I think they did the right thing. And then 
I'm also I'm not mad at Albany State for you know acquiring the quarterback, um, because I'm it's. Then they let him go. Right when they found out about it, but then so you're not mad at that either. I'm not mad at that. It's like that's where I am with it. I'm kind of. I understand why you would do that because you want to send the message that this is not this language is not going to be tolerated in this program. I, I get that. But I also feel like it's forgivable under the circumstances. I think you have it's it's the use of the N-word is to me on a case-by-case basis. Like I said, I don't think anybody should use it, but you know, you have a, why is the, why, why is the word in the song? Why is it part of the lyrics? We have to, you know, we have to get to the bottom of it. You know, if it weren't, if they weren't part of the lyrics, he wouldn't be able to sing it. You know what I mean? So people go, people go back and forth on the use of the word, um, yeah, it's especially part of our culture. in our culture. Um, yeah. It has been a part of the culture and people deem it like it's ignorant. They shouldn't use it. There are people on that side of the fence. I understand their argument, but I understand the argument on the other side of the fence. The right. optics of him in the front seat of his car using it doesn't look well, doesn't look good. To take away his scholarship, hmm, maybe they were under pressure they had to do it. Um, I don't know right. why you, you, you would post that. Um, exactly. I, it just makes me question his judgment too, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, his judgment yeah. definitely. Uh, he has since sincerely apologized, but you know, if you look at the video, he's probably walking around when he's listening to music, rapping the words of songs, and using it. Um, we look at rap artists then, and they're as artists like, well, you shouldn't use it. Now, some uh, you know, I can't say they shouldn't use the word. Um, I don't like um, when it's used, uh, what's the word I'm using, uh, gratuitously. Yeah, just. You know, it's yeah. just willy-nilly. Willy-nilly. Yeah, if you're making a point when you use it, you know, but sometimes, you know, folks, you know, use it because of the bravado of it and the yeah. braggadocious stuff behind it. My views on the N-word, they're still evolving. I'm leaning towards let's just let it go. And then we don't have to keep going through this. Well, is it appropriate? Is it not appropriate? This Can this person say it? Can this person not say it? I realize it's a part of the culture. And I grew up hearing it. I know, you know. Um, I don't really use it. I just don't feel comfortable using it. But it doesn't bother me. When you hear you know, your, your brothers use it. Right. Right. If they use it. So I'm kind of, my views are still evolving. I would be, if if tomorrow there was a proclamation, the N-word can never be used ever again in the English language, you know, anywhere in the world, I would be okay with it. Mm. You know what I mean? But I, I get it. It's hmm, part of the culture. I don't know. My views are evolving. Okay, so we're moving into our second plug of the day, which is Palmer's. I'm trying to... Ooh. Is that oil? Yeah, oh, it is okay. Oil. Instead of the um, cocoa butter. Yeah. 
There it is. Palmas is something that I use on my skin. Um, I also have the lotion too in the cream. Um, it's very good. It's a good moisturizer. Check it out. So that's Palmers that we're going to use, uh, that I use. And now we're going to move on to a different segment. Let us move on. Okay, so this is our this or that segment, and for this segment, we're going to talk about Mary J. Bly's What's the 411 in her second album, My Life? Ooh, this or that. Which one, one do you which one do you like? This which is a tough like? one. This is a tough one. <laughs> but let, let me uh just throw a little something on for you. Okay, let's hear it. All right, so that's one of my favorite songs on What's the 411. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big uh, Mary, J fan, uh, Mary J. Blige fan. I can't confess to that. Um, so let me throw something on from the other album. I'm playing the title track for each song. That's for each album, I'm sorry. And this is uh, My Life, her second album, uh, which everybody thought she was going to have a sophomore slump, uh, but she didn't. Uh, she took it up another second night. album was incredible. Yeah. And so that's why we're going to have this discussion. Okay, okay. So what say you? Oh, this is really tough and I'm I'm definitely torn. I think this is going to differ for each individual based on just basically what measure you're using. And what I did of again, let me just say just like you, I'm a huge Mary J Blige fan, part of the culture. I love her. For me, she's never been like the, a great vocalist per se, but just her, the way she styles her songs, her, 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 you know, her manner of singing, her manner of performing um, is what's so unique and unmatched and what, what I really love about her and the soulfulness in her voice. So for me, the measure that I use is what are the songs that I just love 
that really touched me that, you know, when you hear it, you just, it just makes you feel away, you know? And so that was the measure that I used. And lo and behold, there's five songs on each album that do that for me. So then it was like, okay, which one, you know, wins out. And so well, can, can you tell us the five songs? On each of album? course. Okay. So on the first one, what's the four one one? I really love you remind me love, no limit, real love, sweet thing and reminisce. Yeah. And then in, on my life, I really love Mary Jane, my life. I mean, that's, that's, that's just really, that song is special for me. I mean, I just love that she sampled Roy Ayers, um, uh, Everybody Loves the Sunshine, which is a classic song as well. So that's why I love that one so much. And then there's um, I'm Going Down. And then there's Royce. Uh-huh. I love you and be happy. All I really want yeah. is to be. I mean, oh, so it's so tough for me because I love all 10 of those songs. So if I if somebody put a gun to my head and was like, pick one right now, I guess I would have to go with my life. Just yeah. because those two songs, like I'm going down and my life just really just are gut-wrenching, just it just touches your soul when you hear those songs. You know what I mean? So I would say my life edges, edges out. What's the 411? Not by much, but just. So I, I was a big, my life fan. I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a man. Um, but let me tell you why I like Mary J. Blige. And I get what you're saying. Like she is not, put down as a renowned vocalist. But the reason why I think she's an exceptional singer, even above these folks who have these great vocals, because she, she exudes the songs that she sings. And what I mean by that is like, you can hear the pain in her voice mm -hmm. and it, it it feels, I mean, and she has testified to this, that she, you know, some of the stuff that she was going through while she record these albums mm -hmm. um and what she had to go through now it what's the 411 was like reminisce real love you remind me sweet thing love without a limit uh mm -hmm. my love uh, what's the 411 um a lot of people like to do what she did with casey um i don't, don't want to do anything, anything. I didn't really know that song. That, that that was an exceptional album. Uh, I could say that. I know mm -hmm. I was bumping that album when I was going back and forth to work. Um, and the fact that it was the first one, like that's how we, you know, came yeah. to know her. It's like she was on the scene, like yeah. you know what but I mean. I think "Be Happy" is my favorite Mary J. So that's one of my favorite songs. Yeah. Too. Um. That's a bop. I'm going down. I remember that from Car Wash, you know, Rolls Royce. Um, excellent song. Mm -hmm. um, my life was off the chain. Um, what is the one? Is it is it Mary's joint? Let me see. No, it's not Mary. Mary's joint is nice. Um there's another one uh in here. 
on, on the My Life album? Yeah. Was it No One Else? It's the one with the... Be With You. I never want to love without you. I mean, I never want to live without you. You got to believe. No. You bring me joy. No. I'm the only woman. You're running out of songs, Dr. It is. I love you. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's the one. I, I really love that song, too. Yeah. Now, the, the, the beat, for those who grew up in New York, there was a show called uh, The Supreme Team Show. It was a rap show that came on. And this is the beat that they used when they came on. They oh, would use is it? this beat. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. So okay. This beat. And I give Puffy a lot of credit because he did mix that hip hop and R&B. And mm -hmm. he kind of like used uh, Jodeci and Mary J. Blige uh, to do that. Yeah. So it was like a unique sound. Yeah. It is hard to pick between these two because to me, it's an even tie. Okay, gun to your head. Gun Which to one? my head. I probably would say, "What's the four one one?" And I know this ain't you know Mary raps on the song, but the the joint with Grand Pooba, I love. Like the beat is knocking. Um, do 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 like that. That that bass mm -hmm. was off the chain. So. Gun to my head, yeah, I'm going to pick uh, what's the 411. Okay. And there's really no no right or wrong answer on this because... Yeah. So, yeah, that's our segment right there. You can... Email us and let us know what you think. Do that. Email us, let us know what you think. Also, if you have something for us, like a suggestion, like sweet potato pie or... or, or Pumpkin pie, uh, whatever you know that yeah. dang pumpkin won't win on this show. Uh, <laughs> email us or this or that, yes. Yeah, email us and tell us your this or that, and we'll look into it and go over it ourselves. All right, so and let us move on. Our last plug of the day. Is our podcast, and we are going to go with Brother Bomani Jones. The right time. The right time is I call it the intellectual sports show. Um, he just he covers sports like ninety percent of the time, but ten percent he covers other things. Folks call in, uh, journalists uh, talk about their articles, and he comments on them. He's very cerebral. Uh, both his parents were professors uh, in his shows. Uh, I really enjoy listening to him. What's the name um, of his show on TV? Uh, Game Theory. Game Theory comes on Friday night okay. on HBO. Um, but The Right Time is the podcast. And on Friday, he has uh, Foxworth Fridays. And that's when Dominic uh, Foxworth comes on and uh they talk and he has howard bryant on a lot so yeah you need to check it out the right time um okay. you can go to espn um Sounds interesting. yeah i i would encourage that that show definitely uh so yes on espn espn yes and let us move on all right, and moving right along, we will jump in to 
Oh, you feel like it. This is where we look at a show and kind of like go over it. This is the show that we're following right now. It's called Riches. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, check it out. Uh, we're going to talk about it a little bit. So episode two, partner, what did you think about episode two? Okay, so in episode two, basically we can sum this episode up um, by saying tensions continue to brew here. Um, and Claudia furiously works to regain flair and glory for her family. She's scheming and just scheming, trying to get it back. Meanwhile, as Nina acquaints herself with the business, a social media complaint against the company spirals out of control. And she makes a shocking discovery in this episode. Yeah. I, I just thought it was uh, Nina trying to get her footing uh, coming yeah. in and just laying down the law like, you know, whatever y'all think, my dad left this to me. I'm going to run it. I'm the boss. And this is the way we're going to operate forward. Of course, some of the family members were in their feelings first. And you could tell she was trying to like cajole, like trying to assuage them, trying to make them feel comfortable. You know, she didn't want to say like, hey, I'm taking over. I don't need y'all anymore. She wanted their valuable input. But at the same time, there were three people in the company uh, trying to, uh, so far, uh, three people in the family trying to get out of Claudia was one. Um, trying to Gus, wrestle it away from yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. Gus yeah. was another and Andrew was another that were trying to work against her. Gus um, was even trying to get another job. He was like, yeah. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, well, he yeah, after she, he yeah. felt like he got this, but then he found yeah. out like his value on the market wasn't. Great. Exactly what he thought it was, right? Yeah, they just like, yeah, your, your pops put you down. Um, mm -hmm. exactly. and, and if it wasn't for that, maybe you wouldn't have had reached um, the place that you're at. Well, so it's good. I encourage everybody to check it out. It is on Amazon Prime, and it's a good show. Let us move on. All right. So we're going to move on to one of our favorite segments. Oh, hell no. We like to say it two times. Oh, hell. <laughs> and not all hell no goes to Stephen A. Smith. Mm, 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 you want to mm. explain what he did, partner? Stephen A. Smith, open mouth and inserted foot on the Sherry Shepherd show. <laughs> she just, you know, just, you know, threw out a talking point and said, you know, by the way, Rihanna is going to be performing at this next Super Bowl halftime show. And lo and behold, he brings up Beyonce. Why is Beyonce in it? She was just like, um, we're just, you know, discussing Rihanna. Yeah, his, his quote he, was, she, you know, no what you think about Rihanna? She's like, she's no Beyonce. And it got a lot of flack, you know. Right. Uh, I, like I said, we have to stop pitting ourselves, one another, people against one another. Um, like, because you're upgrading one and you're downgrading the other one. Um, right. There are and two Beyonce, 
performers, yeah. They are, and Beyonce already uh, performed in the Super Bowl. And I guess now I'm going to get into comparisons. If you look at it, you know, Rihanna actually has sold more records than uh, Beyonce. Um, people find that shocking. It's shocking to hear. But it's, but it's true. Because Beyonce has so many Grammys, though, you know? So yeah. You so, um, but yeah, so Stephen A, let, but let's give credit to him. He did apologize he profusely. Did. Uh, so all is well, all is forgiven, but that is our oh hell no of the week. And so now we go into let us move on. We're gonna give it up this week to Lloyd Austin. And my partner's gonna explain what he did. Lloyd Austin is uh, the Secretary of Defense, Secretary of Defense. Uh, for the United States. And he gave and basically money. he awarded Howard University a $90 million contract with the Air Force. And it's been this is the first time that it's ever been given to an HBCU. So kudos to him. And this is the power of diversity because, you know, the, we get to share power and we get to share resources. And they don't they're they're not all funneled into, you know, one place, which is, I mean, because these types of awards would, would normally go to predominantly yes. institutions. And so here's an opportunity for an HBCU to do something amazing and show the world that everybody has talent. You just have to give people opportunities. Right. What do you think? Um, I'm happy he did so. Congratulations to Howard University uh, for receiving this award. It's a lot of money. I think it's, is it $4 million a year they're going to? Uh, I think it's 18. $18 million, $18 million a year that they're going to give them to research it. So, you know, hopefully um, they come up <clears throat> with something new and um, and other HBCUs can start receiving these rewards too and so that is going to conclude pot liquor podcast today uh remember if you want to email us email us at pot liquor show at gmail.com but as always we wrap up the show so our plugs for today were dune the perfume palmer the oil and lotion and our podcast was the Right Time with Bomani Jones. Uh, wow was I Can't Die By Once. Uh, I Can't Die But Once, excuse me, by Harriet Tubman. And then uh, What's Going On, we covered the Memphis police shooting, fraudulent nursing diploma scheme, the Panthers who did not hire Steve Wilkes, and Marcus Stokes, uh, the young white man that lost his scholarship at... Um, Florida, and then got his scholarship revoked from Albany State. Uh, we did a this or that segment with Mary J. Blige's What's the 411 versus My Life, and we did a refill, which was Rich's episode two. I all hell no went to Stephen A. Smith, and I'll give it up went to uh, Lloyd Austin. Uh, at Howard University, $9 million contract from the Air Force, the first time it was given to an HBCU. 
So always, uh, we like to end our show like Don Cornelius in the Soul Train. And that is... In parting, we wish you love, peace, and soul. And soul. Uh, thanks for riding along with us. Check us out next week. Remember, Pot Liquor Show at gmail.com. Make sure you like and subscribe to us. We're on YouTube um, and we're on several of the apps. Um, we're on Spotify, uh, Apple, iHeartRadio, uh, Amazon. So just Podbean, just to name a few. And we're still getting out there. So log on, like, and subscribe for, you know, like and subscribe to our show and give us some comments so we can improve. We're out.